This is Everyday Light, a perfectly imperfect reading of the One Year Daily Bible. I'm Molly, a fellow pilgrim on the road to the kingdom, and it is a joy to have you traveling this journey with me, with the Word of God as a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Welcome. This is the one year Bible reading for September 27th, and we are starting today in Isaiah chapter 51. But we are going to be reading through chapter, uh, partway through chapter 53, which is the most amazing messianic uh, uh, prophecy. You're going to think that we're reading the New Testament. Listen to me, the Lord, all who hope for deliverance, all who seek the Lord. Consider the quarry from which you were mined, the rock from which you were cut. Yes, think about your ancestors, Abraham and Sarah, from whom you came. Abraham was alone when I called him, but when I blessed him, he became a great nation. The Lord will comfort Israel again and make her deserts bloom. Her barren wilderness will become as beautiful as Eden, the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found there. Lovely songs of thanksgiving will fill the air. Listen to me, my people. Hear me, Israel, for my law will be proclaimed and my justice will become a light to the nations. My mercy and justice are coming soon. Your salvation is on the way. I will rule the nations. They will wait for me and long for my power. Look up to the skies above and gaze down on the earth beneath. For the skies will disappear like smoke, and the earth will wear out like a piece of clothing. The people of the earth will die like flies, but my salvation lasts forever. My righteous rule will never end. Listen to me, you who know right from wrong, and cherish my law in your hearts. Do not be afraid of people's scorn or their slanderous talk, for the moth will destroy them as it destroys clothing. The worm will eat at them as it eats wood, but my righteousness will last forever. My salvation will continue from generation to generation. Wake up, Lord. Robe yourself with strength. Rouse yourself as in the days of old when you slew Egypt, the dragon of the Nile. Are you not the same today, the one who dried up the sea, making a path of escape when you saved your people? Those who have been ransomed by the Lord will return to Jerusalem, singing songs of everlasting joy. Sorrow and mourning will disappear, and they will be overcome with joy and gladness. I, even I, am the one who comforts you. So why are you afraid of mere humans who wither like the grass and disappear? Yet you have forgotten the Lord, your creator, the one who put the stars in the sky and established the earth. Will you remain in constant dread of human oppression? Will you continue to fear the anger of your enemies from morning till night? Soon all you captives will be released. Imprisonment, starvation, and death will not be your fate. For I am the Lord your God who stirs up the sea, causing its waves to roar. My name is the Lord Almighty, and I have put my words in your mouth and hidden you safely within my hand. I set all the stars in space and establish the earth. I am the one who says to Israel, you are mine. Wake up, wake up, O Jerusalem. You have drunk enough from the cup of the Lord's fury. You have drunk the cup of terror, tipping out its last drops. 
Not one of your children is left alive to help you or tell you what to do. These two things have been your lot, desolation and destruction, famine and war. And who is left to sympathize? Who is left to comfort you? For your children have fainted and lie in the streets, helpless as antelopes caught in a net. The Lord has poured out his fury. The Lord has rebuked them. But now listen to this, you afflicted ones, you who sit in a drunken stupor, though not from drinking wine. This is what the sovereign Lord, your God and defender says. See, I am taking the terrible cup from your hands. You will drink no more of my fury. It is gone at last. But I will put that cup into the hands of those who tormented you. I will give it to those who trampled you into the dust and walked on your backs. Wake up, wake up, O Zion. Clothe yourselves with strength. Put on your beautiful clothes. O holy city of Jerusalem, for unclean and godless people will no longer enter your gates. Rise up from the dust, O Jerusalem. Remove the slave bands from your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. For this is what the Lord says. When I sold you into exile, I received no payment. Now I can redeem you without paying for you. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Long ago, my people went to live as resident foreigners in Egypt. Now they have been oppressed without cause by Assyria. And now, what is this? Asked the Lord. Why are my people enslaved again? Those who rule them shout in exultation. My name is being blasphemed all day long, but I will reveal my name to my people and they will come to know its power. Then at last they will recognize that it is I who speaks to them. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news of peace and salvation, the news that the God of Israel reigns. The watchmen shout and sing with joy, for before their very eyes they see the Lord bringing his people home to Jerusalem. Let the ruins of Jerusalem break into joyful song, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord will demonstrate his holy power before the eyes of all the nations. The ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. Go now, leave your bonds and slavery. Put Babylon behind you with everything it represents, for it is unclean to you. You are the Lord's holy people. Purify yourselves, you who carry home the vessels of the Lord. You will not leave in a hurry, running for your lives, for the Lord will go ahead of you, and the God of Israel will protect you from behind. See, my servant will prosper. He will be highly exalted. Many were amazed when they saw him, beaten and bloodied, so disfigured one would scarcely know he was a person. And he will again startle many nations. Kings will stand speechless in his presence, for they will see what they had not previously been told about. They will understand what they had not heard about. Who believed our message? To whom will the Lord reveal his saving power? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender shoot, uh, like a tender green shoot sprouting from a root in a dry and sterile ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with bitterest grief. We turned our backs on him and he looked the other way when he went by and looked the other way when he went by. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. 
It was our sorrows that weighed him down, and we thought his troubles were a punishment from God for his own sins. But he was wounded and crushed for our sins. He was beaten that we might have peace. He was whipped and we were healed. All of us have strayed away like sheep. We have left God's paths to follow our own, yet the Lord laid on him the guilt and sins of all of us. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. From prison and trial, they led him away to his death. But who among the people realized that he was dying for their sins, that he was suffering for their punishment? He had done no wrong, and he never deceived anyone, but he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. But it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and fill him with grief. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have a multitude of children, many heirs. He will enjoy a long life, and the Lord's plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of what he has experienced, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear all their sins. I will give him the honors of one who is mighty and great, because he, he was counted among those who were sinners. He bore the sins of many and interceded for sinners. Ephesians chapter 5. Follow God's example in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love for others, following the example of Christ, who loved you and gave himself as a sacrifice to take away your sins. And God was pleased, because that sacrifice was like a sweet perfume to him. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is really an idolater who worships the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the terrible anger of God comes upon all who disobey him. Don't participate in the things these people do. For though your hearts were once full of darkness, now you are full of light from the Lord, and your behavior should show it. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Try to find out what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, rebuke and expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But when the light shines on them, it becomes clear how evil these things are. And where your light shines, it will expose their evil deeds. That is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So be careful how you live, not as fools, but as those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity for doing good in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly but try to understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, let the Holy Spirit fill and control you. Then you will sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your hearts. 
and you will always give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And further, you will submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. You wives will submit to your husbands as you do to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of his body, the church. He gave his life to be her savior. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives must submit to your husbands in everything. And you husbands must love your wives with the same love Christ showed the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by baptism in God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man is actually loving himself when he loves his wife. No one hates his own body, but lovingly cares for it, just as Christ cares for his body, which is the church. And we are his body. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and his church are one. So again, I say, a man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Psalm 69, starting in verse 19. You, Lord, know the insults I endure, the humiliation and disgrace. You have seen all my enemies and know what they have said. Their insults have broken my heart, and I am in despair. If only one person would show some pity, if only one would turn and comfort me, but instead they give me poison for food. They offer me sour wine to satisfy my thirst. Let the bountiful table set before them become a snare and let their security become a trap. Let their eyes go blind so they cannot see and their bodies grow weaker and weaker. Pour out your fury upon them, consume them with your burning anger. May their homes become desolate and their tents be deserted. To those you have punished, they add insult to injury. They scoff at the pain of those you have hurt. Pile their sins up high and don't let them go free. Erase their names from the book of life. Don't let them be counted. I am suffering and in pain. Rest, O God, by your saving power. Then I will praise God's name with singing and I will honor him with thanksgiving. For this will please the Lord more than sacrificing an ox or presenting a bull with its horns and hooves. The humble will see their God at work and be glad. Let all who seek God's help live in joy. For the Lord hears the cries of his needy ones. He does not despise his people who are oppressed. Praise him, O heaven and earth, the seas and all that move in them. For God will save Jerusalem and rebuild the towns of Judah. His people will live there and take possession of the land. The descendants of those who obey him will inherit the land and those who love him will live there in safety. Proverbs 24, 7. Wisdom is too much for a fool. When the leaders gather, the fool has nothing to say. And to end today, I'm so excited to finally tell you the first room uh, that we're going to go to in my heart, Christ's home. And the author has invited Christ to enter his heart and take control of it and gives him a tour. And we're in the first room, which is the library. The first room was the study, the library. Let us call it the study of the mind. Now in my home, this room of the mind is a very small room with very thick walls. 
but it is an important room. In a sense, it is the control room of the house. He entered with me and looked around at the books in the bookcase, the magazines upon the table, the pictures on the walls. As I followed his gaze, I became uncomfortable. Strangely enough, I had not felt badly about this before, but now that he was there looking at these things, I was embarrassed. There were some books there that his eyes were too pure to behold. There was a lot of trash and literature on the table that a Christian had no business reading. And as for the pictures on the walls, the imaginations and thoughts of the mind, these were shameful. I turned to him and said, Master, I know this room needs a radical alteration. Will you help me make it what it ought to be, to bring every thought into captivity to you? Surely, he said, gladly I will help you. First of all, take out all the things you are reading and looking at, which are not helpful, pure, good, and true, and throw them out. Now put on the empty shelves the books of the Bible. Fill the library with scriptures and meditate on them day and night. As for the pictures on the wall, you will have difficulty controlling these images. But here is an aid. He gave me a full-size portrait of himself. Hang this centrally, he said, on the wall of the mind. I did, and I have discovered through the years that when my thoughts are centered upon Christ himself, his purity and power cause impure thoughts to back away. So he has helped me to bring my thoughts into captivity. May I suggest to you, if you have difficulty with this little room of the mind, that you bring Christ in there, pack it full of the word of God, meditate upon it, and keep it before the immediate presence of the Lord Jesus. Maybe we can practice that today. Have a beautiful day. Love you all.